This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 28th, 2024. Hope expectant. Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning here. Sanctuary there online. It's good to be with each and every one of you. It's nice that the rain stopped, huh? Is it still stopped? Good, good. So, it's our final Sunday. Well, it's probably not our final Sunday talking about hope. We'll probably mention hope once or twice after this, but it's uh, the end of the hope series anyway. First week we talked about hope being holy. Second week we talked about uh, how it's important to be obedient in our hope. Last week we talked about being patient. And this morning we're going to talk about how hope uh, represents expectation. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us. Our mission is to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for gathering us here today uh, in this place and for those joining us online. Lord, remove any distractions that might be uh, swimming around in our head or around us so that we can give you we can give you some time, Lord, to honor you and to praise you and to hear your word. And so we thank you ahead of time for what you're going to do for your Holy Spirit. We pray this in your holy name. Everybody agreed and said, amen. amen. So it was either December of 70 or January 71. It's wintertime anyway when I was like 16 and our... Um, our family car had to go in the shop for a couple weeks, so we got one of these loaners, you know, and it happened to be a Pontiac Le Mans. Anybody familiar with the Pontiac Le Mans? Yeah, and it was a, either a new or relatively a new car, and now I know the Le Mans is not a GTO. I know that. And I know it's not a Firebird or a train. I know it's not that cool, but... It's a whole lot cooler than our family car was, which was, uh, remember the Catalina, a four-door Catalina? It's not a station wagon, but it is a family truckster. You know what I'm talking. That's a big honking car. And so um, we, 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 we had this loaner, and I loved driving that thing. It just was so much cooler than that Catalina. And, and I remember just thinking... I remember just trying to think, oh, if we could only keep this car. If um, um, we can keep the Catalina too or let it go, I don't care. If I could just, this could be my car to drive. I, I hoped, I just hoped that we could keep that cool car. Uh, now, my hopes were not based on any reality whatsoever, <laughs> but based solely on my personal uh, desires, my personal dream, my personal wants. No way my hope was going to pay off, and that's true because a couple of weeks later, the Catalina was repaired, back to business as usual. Once again, I was driving the four-door family truckster. Yeah. So, Goodbye, Le Mans. Yeah. So even though Alan was hoping, hoping, hoping oh. to keep that car, he, he knew. <laughs> he knew that it would never happen. Hope, true hope, usually involves a little bit of expectation and Alan really had no expectation. <laughs> it was a wish. We looked up um, 
expectation in Collins Dictionary, and it is defined like this. It's a strong, strong hopes or beliefs that something will happen or that you will get something that you want. So right there in the definition, we have hope, and that's especially true when we have a Christ-centered, Bible-centered perspective of hope. Worldly hope, as we've said before, is about, it's kind of a wish list. I think, I, I want, but it's not based on the biblical hope, which is expectation. Not expectations like we have these expectations of God, like God do this and do this and do this, but it's that we know who God is. God is the great I am. God is on the throne. God is the promise keeper. And so we come to expect that's who he is. We base our trust on who Jesus is. And we know that God fulfills all promises and will meet the expectations as listed in Scripture. We know that God will deliver. Even when nothing makes sense, God can still deliver. For example, when our life spins out of control for one reason or another, God still delivers peace when we're open to that. God does not want us to be in that other state of turmoil. God delivers peace. And so we can fully expect those biblical hopes to be realized. In the book of Matthew, the first book found in the New Testament of the Bible, chapter 12, it's, uh, it's Sabbath. And so Jesus goes to the synagogue. A man is there with a shriveled hand. Looking to bring charges against Jesus, the Pharisees ask him if it's legal to heal on the Sabbath. And he tells them that if they had a sheep that fell in a pit, wouldn't they take hold of it and, and lift it out? And he said, how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? And he said, therefore, it's good to heal on the Sabbath, to do good. And he restored the man's hand. And it's interesting how much that affected the Pharisees because right there, they began to plot to kill Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus withdraws to a solitary place. Large crowd follows him. <laughs> Seems like that's always what happened. And, and in the process, he heals all who were ill. He tells them not to tell others about him. Good luck with that. <laughs> and then Matthew shares that all, all of this was done to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. That, that was 700 years previous. So Matthew chapter 12, here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him. Remember, this is Isaiah through Matthew. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not stuff, snuff out. Till he has brought justice through to victory. In his name, the nations will put their hope. Hmm. 
Isaiah wrote that seven, approximately 700 years prior to Matthew quoting him. 700 years prior, God spoke of his servant, the one he loves, in whom he delights. 700 years prior, God, through the prophet Isaiah, speaks, saying that in his name the nations will put their hope. It's not a maybe, could be, wannabe kind of hope. A sure, certain hope. A, a hope you can count on. A hope you can expect. The hope of the nations. You know, hope is always important in times of conflict and loss. I remember after 9-11, churches were jam-packed for a little while because <laughs> everyone was looking for hope, looking for God's presence. God used the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament to be a messenger of hope at, at, a, at a very difficult time in their history. Jeremiah lived 100 years after Isaiah and 600 years before Jesus was born. And so Jeremiah wrote this. Jeremiah says, and he's the mouthpiece for the Lord. He says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. Now, here's a part of a scripture that some of you might claim as your life verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you what? Hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back from captivity. What a hope. They had been taken from their homeland. Sent to a foreign land. They were exiled. And now this is the Lord speaking through Jeremiah. To give them hope. That they can count on. I will gather you from all the nations and places. Where I have banished you. Declares the Lord. And will bring you back to the place. From which I carried you into exile. Hmm. So earlier in this same chapter, we're told that this is part of the text of a letter that Jeremiah sent to the surviving elders, priests, prophets, and all the other people who have been taken, carried into exile from Jerusalem to, to Babylon. Those, all those guys were living in Babylon, and, and Jeremiah was living in Jerusalem. He wrote this, that letter to them. And even though the exile came... Because the people had turned from God. God still gives them hope. Through the prophet Isaiah, or Jeremiah. Letting them know that he, God, has plans for them. Plans to prosper them and not harm them. Plans to give them hope and a future. Hope and expectation. And so, as every week, we spend a lot of time praying and meditating and studying and listening to the Lord. And we were grappling with what's the difference between hope and expectation. In 
in the world, the, the world out there, the, the secular world, in our culture, there, there's a big difference between the two. I'm going to say two statements, and I think you'll see what I mean. Statement number one, I expect to see you on Wednesday. Statement number two, I hope to see you on Wednesday. There's a difference. In the first sentence, there's a certainty implied, but maybe not, but I really hope to see you. And the second is, or that's I hope to see you on Wednesday. The first statement, I expect to see you on Wednesday, that puts it in a hold, whoa, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, and so there is a difference in, in these two sentences and in the meanings. On the other hand, in church world, Bible world, a Christ-centered world, these two ideas, hope and expectations, are more intertwined, more dependent on one another, more interactive. When we hope, we have expectation. When we have expectations, we have hope. I read an article this week uh, uh, in, in a, online, but it's from the uh, Asbury Collegian. It's a publication of Asbury University, a, a Christian school of higher learning. And, and the article was entitled, What Does It Mean to Have Expectant Hope? I like that. Expectant hope. Yeah. Now, in the article, the author, Carolina Turn, Turn, Trumpower, says that she always has trouble wrapping her head around this idea of expectant hope. She says it feels like an oxymoron. She, she says, how could she possibly have hope and be expectant at the same time? Uh, I don't see it that difficult at all. It makes perfect sense to me. I think they, it makes perfect sense to have expectant hope. I'm not sure where she's coming from. Um, to be sure in our hope, so sure that we have expectations. So sure in our expectations that there is unquestionable hope. Makes perfect sense to me. At least from the perspective of a Christ follower. Because when Christ is in the picture, our hope is definitely expectant. Amen? Amen. We want to take a look at chapter 24 of the book of Luke. This chapter 24 happens after the death and uh, resurrection of Jesus. And we find a story of two guys who had been in Jerusalem when Christ was crucified. And now they're walking to a little village called Emmaus. It's about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about what had happened. And they were disciples. They were followers of Jesus. But they didn't know yet that Christ had resurrected. They thought he was crucified, dead, and gone. They were walking and talking. And can you just see their head down like they were feeling extremely hopeless at a time when they had put their hope in this person, but now he's dead. Now he's gone. And in this scripture, we find that there's a, a person that joins them along the road, and that person is Jesus. Scripture tells us that they were kept from recognizing him. Hmm. So Jesus asked them what they were discussing as they walked along, and 
They stood still, their faces downcast, obviously pain-filled and sorrowful. And one of them, Cleopas, asked, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? I mean, obviously, this is the news, isn't it? This is the talk of the town. This is what buzz. This is what everybody's talking about. How in the world could you not know what's going on? So Jesus says, what things? <laughs> I think he knew what was going on, but he played along. What, what things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. Catch that? See the but there? Going along, but. It's a 180, but. We thought this, but. We thought he was the one, but. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed as they, they went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. Here's that word again, but. But they did not see Jesus. We had hoped. We had hoped. We had hoped, but in spite of all that, he was sentenced to death. He was crucified. We had hoped he was the one to save us. We had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped he was the one. We had hoped. In this particular scripture, the word hoped is the word elpizo. That means hope or to put hope in. It's an attitude of confidently looking forward to what is good, what is beneficial. It means to expect. To expect. In Greek, that's what it means. Hope. Expect. Confident expectation. They had fully expected that Jesus came to redeem them, but then it wasn't true hope because it was gone. And even though some followers had seen the empty tomb, they hadn't seen Jesus. So mm, these two on the road to Emmaus had given up hope. Their mm. confident expectation was gone. And they didn't see him, even though he was right there with them. But remember, we can't give these guys a bad rap because the scripture says that, you know, they were kept from recognizing him. And then Jesus goes on to explain all that the scriptures said concerning him. That must have been a little bit of a chat. <laughs> As they approached their destination, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. And they invited him to stay, for the day was almost over, and he did. And Jesus was at table with them. And he took the bread, he gave thanks, broke the bread, gave it to them. It sounds familiar to what we do at communion, doesn't it? 
gave it to them. And at that moment, their eyes were opened. And they knew it was Jesus. They recognized him. <laughs> and in that same moment, he disappeared from their sight. <laughs> they had hoped. He was the one to redeem Israel. But they had lost hope, hadn't they, along the way? But the truth is, Jesus is the hope. Jesus is the one to redeem Israel. Jesus is the one to redeem you and to redeem me. Ultimately, their expectant hopes were realized in the person of Jesus Christ. And our expectant hopes of redemption, of salvation, of forgiveness, of, of new life are realized in Jesus Christ as well. You know, when we say we're expecting, it's not like we're putting Jesus to the test. There's just this ultimate trust. He is who he says he is. And so in you, I place my trust, Lord. Even if I don't see it in my lifetime, I still trust you. Remember the guys in the, you know, the lion's den and, you know, they think they're going to be killed. And they said, you know, we believe God's going to save us. But even if he doesn't, we're still trusting in the Lord. We still believe. And so that's the kind of expectant hope we can have. Peace. Assurance. Life is hard. We go through a lot. You have gone through a lot. You might be there right now. But you can put your hope, not wish, your hope in Jesus because he is the way maker, the promise keeper, the the great physician, sometimes our healing is in heaven. He is the Alpha, Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, the end. That's the expectant hope that we're talking about today. <clears throat> so back to the Pontiac Le Mans. <laughs> so we had it for a short time while the family car was getting fixed. And boy, I loved driving it for that short time, but then it was back to the family truckster, that big hoss of a car. But you know, I just hoped. I continued to hope, and it was like three or four years later, I was able to buy a brand new Pontiac that was so much cooler than that Le Mans. <laughs> you know? Um, what was it? Tell them what it was, because I know they were a. It was a. They had a car that was a Venture. It's like a, the Pontiac version of a Nova, Chevy Nova. It was yellow with black stripes, a black top. It was a Sprint version. It was a 350. You ordered it. Ordered it. That's a nice car. Yeah. Goodbye, Le Mans. Hello, Ventura. Anyway, um, I had had hopes, and the hopes were realized. But you know what? Those hopes were nothing. Nothing compared to the expectant hope we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. They were nothing. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his saving grace is beyond anything we can even begin to imagine. Here are the words found in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace 
as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. That is such a word of encouragement to us. Mark that in your Bible. Put it on your phone. Put a post-it note on your cabinet. Whatever. May the hope, may the God of hope fill you to overflowing by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for this encouraging word on hope. And help us have expectant hope that just because something doesn't happen, that doesn't mean that we need to say, oh, you're, you broke your promise or you're not there, you don't hear me or whatever we end up spinning in our brains. Lord, help us trust you with everything we've got. You are the living hope. And it's in you whom we put our trust. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.